And now, coming at you from the Five Star Physique Studio in Knoxville, Tennessee, this is The Drop Set with your host, Darren Starr. Hey everybody, happy Friday and welcome. This is episode, what, 134, 135, 227, what is it? 134 we're up to now. So, uh, it's uh, Friday, August 9th. It is sunny outside. Uh, The morning's here in East Tennessee getting just a tiny little bit cooler. So, you wake up and it's still like 70 degrees, but it's not, you know, it's like, oh, okay, yeah, Uh, suddenly like wearing a t-shirt outside doesn't seem idiotic. Like I'm not going to come back home from my little uh, leisurely stroll with Taz around the block sweating from not doing anything. So we're, we're kind of in that phase of the tail end of summer right now. And uh, as I mentioned on Monday, summer is officially over in this house. My wife's back to school as a teacher. So um, no kids this week, but nonetheless back into the old routine. So right out of the gate, I owe somebody, a listener of this podcast, a big apology, but I'm going to make you wait for it. Uh, we got a few uh, a few voicemails to get to. Once again, the number for that, 865-518-2974. Uh, any questions, comments, complaints, anything? I'd love to get some complaints, actually. Well, I don't know if I'd love to, but it would make for some interesting listening, I think. You want to come on and call me out and uh, insult my, uh, insult my uh, personal honor and integrity? Hey, you know what? Go for it. If it's funny, all the better. If you're just being mean-spirited, I probably won't play it. But nonetheless, eh, even that is not a certain certainty. So uh, I had a, an interaction with a client this week that just kind of made me laugh, and it reminded me of something that I read before, so I wanted to share that with you guys. So uh, all, all names will be withheld until we get to the, the real deal here. But I had somebody who currently... They, uh, I will not even use, uh, I will not be gender specific. They are a little under the weather presently um, and joked that they actually like called in uh, to take a, a sick day off work and still went into workout. And I'm like, hey, I, you know, I kind of appreciate that. Part of me also says, yeah, don't, don't be contagious and go to the gym. Um, but uh, it also made me laugh because I had read this article online recently about, uh, and here's where I will start dropping names because these are not these are people that are in the news and not people that I'm personally affiliated with. Uh, Mandy Henderson, uh, who let me see if I can get this right here. Uh, I have to kind of scan through the article a little bit here. She was a what is it? A Santa Clara Santa Clara County Sheriff's Lieutenant. Um, and the article says uh, Santa Clara County Sheriff Lieutenant arraigned for allegedly bodybuilding while claiming disability. So, <laughs> interesting, yeah? Uh, so she had uh, re- retired with a disability claim and then moved from, from Santa Clara County, uh, somewhere in the, in the Bay Area in California, to Las Vegas. Uh, and you know, why, I'm not sure. Uh, she had received at some point, and now th- this article, this is, goes back to February. I read this a while back. I didn't talk about it here, but I thought it was interesting. Um, so that, that's when this article was. Now this stems from things that happened around what, uh, there was an investigation that was launched by the sheriff's office for uh, disability fraud in January, 2018. Um, an on the job injury from which this disability claim started was, uh, incurred in October, 2015. So uh, there's uh, claims here that she was unable to perform, what was it, 20 of 31, quote, essential job functions, physical tasks that included frequent walking, 
walking, frequent walking, jogging a mile in 12 minutes, stair climbing, occasional bending, and driving a patrol car. Um, so, I mean, you know, those are kind of things where, like, yeah, those are basic job functions. And probably if you can't do that stuff, you're probably not going to be, you know, in the gym un- undergoing some kind of a bodybuilding routine either. Um, but the, the, where the story gets, I mean, for me, it, it gets funny. I mean, you could say it's tragic in a way. Uh, but it gets funny when, uh, the Santa Clara County Sheriff's Department, uh, hired private investigators to go and track her down in Las Vegas and watch her and follow her. So, uh, (laughs) uh, over several days, private investigators surreptitiously followed and recorded Henderson as she drove a car by herself carried her child, and went to a local gym, according to the sheriff's report. At the gym, she was seen reportedly using a treadmill and stair climber, lifting weights, and performing strenuous strength training, including but not limited to shoulder press, bench presses, pull-ups, and leg lifts. (laughs) uh, It was reported that Henderson, quote, was very open about competing in bodybuilding competitions and her nutritional habits. Uh, he noted that Henderson's workouts seemingly could not be performed by someone that had physical limitations. I believe the, ender- uh, the evidence suspect suggests that Henderson was exaggerating the extent of her injuries and disabilities, which does that happen? Of course it happens. It's probably exceedingly common. It's just uh, kind of funny when you get somebody who is a bodybuilder who claims disability from a job that uh, where your normal activities are nothing compared to what you would typically do in the gym on a daily basis. So, um, she's looking at forfeiting a, uh, what would be over the course of her, you know, anticipated lifespan, uh, $3.3 million disability settlement, uh, or, or disability repayments. So, um, and again, that's not like some huge windfall because that's supposed to be paid out over her life expect- expectancy of 82 years, according to the article. So, um, it's not like she's going to be like swimming in money or anything like that. I mean, you know, she got herself a nice little retirement. So, uh, but not anymore. Uh, that's likely going away here. So I don't know what the details are, if there's any follow-ups beyond that. But I just thought that this article was kind of funny and amusing and uh, kind of funny also what made me think of it. So if you're in a position where you're going to take a sick day off from work and you're going to go to the gym, just make sure that you are not in a position where your employer is likely to hire a PI and or follow you or if you would potentially run into coworkers at the gym as well. So if you're sick, stay out of the gym and your germaphobic podcast host, your favorite one, right? Well, thank you for that. So uh, we got a, a few uh, a few messages here. So let's just jump into it and uh, see what we got. Hi, Darren. Steve here from Belgium. As I did last time, just an audio recording I'm sending through your email because I don't think the transatlantic rates are all that interesting for uh, leaving a voicemail. <laughs> but I was wondering about uh, intermittent fasting while on a cut. Um, I've been doing it for about a month. It wasn't really a a conscious decision. It was just my my schedule put it that way that it was easy for me to basically skip the first two meals uh, and only eat uh, after about like 1 p.m. But it made me wonder, like for me, it's really easy to cut this way because it's not a big bother to cut the first two meals. I'm not that hungry or whatever, but the fact that I'm saving all those calories I haven't eaten in the morning it makes it so much easier to just have slightly bigger meals in the evening and the afternoon uh, to just cope with, you know, the, the horrors of calorie <laughs> restriction. Um, but, you know, as all good bodybuilders, you get like five, six meals a day in, um, get that, you know, protein in and etc. 
Um, so I was wondering if you're doing what are what's your take on intermittent fasting, basically, uh, especially when it comes to a cutting phase, because it's basically the gaining phase in intermittent fasting. I don't see how you would do that. Um, so yeah, curious to hear your opinion about it. I'm worried in a way about you know not getting the protein in at the right time. So basically, your your body has no protein to build on for like 16 hours or whatever. Um, so that's one of the fears I have in this is that it's like not optimal for the gains. Um, but then again, it makes it so much easier for me to adhere to caloric restriction. Um, so yeah, curious to hear your opinion about it. Keep rocking the great content and thank you. All right. Thanks, Steve. Appreciate that. So, uh, yeah. And Steve has the right idea, by the way, all of you, uh, international listeners, you want to contribute, you can just record an audio file like that and email it to me, Darren at five star Totally works. Works great. As you can hear really good audio quality there. Uh, intermittent fasting. Yes. So on a cut, totally doable on a growth phase or a bulk, much less. It's just not practical. You know, the, the idea there for a lot of people is struggling to eat enough calories to grow. Um, and some people, you know, for some people, clearly the struggle is, you know, it, it's very easy to eat too many calories. So it just depends on your, your individual metabolism. Uh, but if you are one of those people who struggles to get enough calories, clearly further restricting the window from which you can take in food is not going to help. Um, it's just not not useful. Now there is a uh, a little bro sciency argument to be made um, poorly that eating more frequently uh, what what is the the old catchphrase stokes your metabolic fire. Well, that's bullshit. That's not how it works. Which is why intermittent fasting is in fact a a valid protocol to follow. So how many of my clients do it? I think as of right now about one because um, I'm I'm just not really a big fan of it. Um, Part of it is, you know, for, for a lot of people, it's easier, especially if you don't wake up, we don't wake up hungry, just like start eating around noon. Okay, well, um, do you work out in the morning? If so, then intermittent fasting where you're not starting until about noon, that's a bad idea. That's a terrible idea. Pre-workout meal is important. Post-workout meal is important. If you are going to, like I, I did this a while back as a little bit of an experiment. If you're going to go in and lift fasted and then have several hours before a post-workout meal, you're really, really upping the degree of difficulty to preserve muscle unnecessarily. You're not doing yourself any favors there. So the the main principle or the main rule that I would throw into the conversation about intermittent fasting is that you have to be training during your feeding window. That's really the only way it works. It's the only way it can be acceptable and it may be of of any kind of real utility. Now, Steve, your arguments about, you know, motivated by schedule, you know, I'm wake up, I'm not hungry, and it's just easier to eat less then and eat more later in the day when I am hungry. That's really the reason where, that, that's when intermittent fasting really starts to shine and why it makes a lot of sense for some people. Um, I did it, uh, what, last year. Before I started my cut, I was playing around with it in the early part of 2018. And really, it was motivated by convenience more than anything else. Uh, also, just, you know, a guy at the gym told me about it. And he's like, dude, I swear by this stuff. It's awesome. I'm like, yeah, all right. I, I did not have the same experience with it he did. And I think his experience was mostly like he went from not really following any kind of a plan to doing that. And, you know, anything will work when you do that. So uh, I don't think there's that's a, a really good, uh, what would be the word, a really good case study. So, um, my, my experience with it was uh, extremely convenient. You know, I'm, I'm busy with work during the day. Okay. So now you're telling me I have two 
uh, fewer times during the day when I have to stop and eat, great. That's awesome. Uh, but there, there's nothing special about intermittent fasting. Like it's, it's being talked about in some circles as though it is some kind of catalyst for additional fat loss, which it is simply not. Uh, you're still at a caloric deficit. Your feeding window being shorter, you know, I, I might adjust, I might set your macros for the day. They would be the same whether you're doing intermittent fasting or not. So that then we come into the 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 issue, and Steve, this is what you were talking about about protein intake. Um, you know, how much protein can you digest at once? Well, th- there's a lot of conflicting research on that, and some say there is no limit, and others say you know, you know, thirty to fifty grams per meal is about it. So, I, I don't necessarily, I, I don't have a particular side of the fence that I fall on for that particular argument. I do think it is wise to keep it manageable and keep your protein intake nice and steady to make sure that, yes, you can digest, process, and absorb it, and also to make sure that your body stays in a state of positive nitrogen balance, which is what happens when you have regular and steady protein intake all throughout the day. So, you know, having a a protein source being the foundation of every meal is important. Uh, So if your protein intake is, let's say, 260 grams, and you divide that into four meals well you're looking at hold on, oh shit i set myself up to do math 65 grams per meal yeah that's that's doable now if your protein intake is 350 and uh which i think is is probably far too high for most people uh, much higher than necessary for most people but if that's it then suddenly god damn i did it again i set myself up to have to do math on the fly 175 okay you're looking at about 80 grams per meal that's eh, just too much it's just too much to take in. I mean, those, those meals are now going to become a chore to sit through. And what started out as a exercise in convenience suddenly has become more difficult, um, by breaking meals into, into larger ones, fewer, larger, uh, yeah, fewer, larger meals. So, um, I think there's a lot of, a lot of value to be found in the convenience there for some people, if you can get the feeding window and your training window to align. So if you lift in the mornings, guess what? Your, your feeding window starts when you wake up, and it's going to end probably you know sometime around, I don't know, 2 in the afternoon, which means you've got an, an evening without food intake. And most commonly what I find that people do when they're doing intermittent fasting is that they'll be feeding from like noon to 8 p.m. or something like that. That's fairly common. There's no, um, no reason as to why, except that most people, if, if you're going to have a period during the day when you're less hungry, it's right when you wake up. Uh, I, I can't do that. Uh, I used to be able to, but I can't anymore. It's like, I'm not starving when I wake up, but if I don't eat something pretty much right away, I'm going to get there pretty quick, and it gets unpleasant. With intermittent fasting, also, you do get a little used to it over time, uh, and you just start to embrace that and just deal with it. And I, I think, actually, for a lot of people, now that I'm thinking about it, it can be a great exercise to just like experience some hunger on a regular basis. Um because I think what a lot of people do when they struggle towards the tail end of a cut is they just don't know how to deal with hunger. And if you are forced to cope with it on a daily basis, even when your calories aren't all that low, um, when they do become low and that accelerates and that, that hunger increases further, I think you'll be more prepared to deal with it. So there, there's, yeah, I mean, that, I just kind of was thinking about that. There's, there's an argument to be, be made for finding a little bit of utility in it there as well. So... Um, yeah, but certainly not something that I would recommend um, for a, a growth phase or anything like that. That's just you're going to set yourself up for a bad time there. So um, would not recommend it at all. But 
Great question, Steve. I appreciate that. So let's see. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Hey, Darren. My name is Mike. I'm from Texas. My question is about protein shakes or meal replacements. Right now, I'm struggling with getting enough calories to to actually bulk up. So I'm starting to implement, uh, you know, meal replacements, and I'm trying to get my calories up. Uh, what's your thought on that? You know, is it is it bad to to use more meal replacements rather than getting the actual food? Or is it okay so I can get an extra thousand calories, you know, with my meal replacements on top of what I'm already eating? Yeah, good question. Thanks, Mike. Good to hear from you. Um, so I, I don't. I, I am of the opinion, and this is uh, fairly. Well, I don't know about uncommon, but I think I'm probably in the minority on a lot of coaches on this, and that I don't necessarily care too much about how you get your protein. I know there are a lot of coaches out there that advocate like whole food sources only. They don't even advocate like protein shakes. Harder to find coaches like that just because so many of them are affiliated with supplement companies and that is not a line that a supplement company is going to let one of their uh, endorsees toe. So usually, I mean, protein shakes are pretty commonly accepted uh, as a protein source. Meal replacements, I'm not against either, especially if you are struggling to get calories in. Uh, I mean, it can be difficult, especially if you are like, let's say, an ectomorph with a really fast metabolism. You're going to have to eat like a mofo in order to grow. And sometimes you just get to that sticking point. You hit a plateau and, uh, you, you know, you're not... You're not overly fat, so it doesn't make sense to turn around and, and transition into a cut or anything like that. So you, you're like, okay, well, how can I continue? Clearly, I'm stuck here. You know, my body has adjusted to this. I'm taking in X calories. I need to find a way to take in X plus one or, you know, X, a, a, additional calories. And, but God, how do I eat anymore? I'm stuffed. Well, a meal replacement can be a great option. It's not something that I would do in the long term, but, um, you know, and work in as like a regular part of your daily routine all the time, but periodically. Yeah, absolutely. Something e even, even crappy ones will fit the bill for a little while. Um, like, uh, what is it? Optimum nutrition has a product called serious mass, which is, you know, it's like two scoops of that. It's like 50 grams of protein, 250 grams of carbs. And, uh, I don't know, not like 20 grams of fat or something like that. I think I can't remember. It's been so long. Um, but a single scoop, like you mix that with a just a scoop of a regular whey, now you're down to like, you know, 50 grams of protein, 125 grams of carbs, like, you know, 10, 15 grams of fat, something like that. That can be kind of productive, especially post-workout. The, the quality on those things isn't great, but it's sufficient. Uh, it's not something that I would say, again, where I would like write that into somebody's meal plan and say from the get-go, here you go, we need calories. No, it's, it's kind of like a... Okay, clearly we're up against the wall here. We've tried some things. We're kind of at our limits as far as how much food we can shovel down your gullet. So what else are we going to do? Let's try this. Um, that's It's certainly a good option for something like that. I believe also, I have not checked this, but I just had the thought, and I'm going to go check it right now. Um, I think, likely, that True Nutrition might give you the ability to build something like this also. Um, let me just see here. Uh <laughs> well, this might might take a little bit more digging than I'm I'm prepared to do right now. They're carbohydrate powders. You got waxy maize, oats, maltodextrin, HBCD, carboload. Yeah, I mean they don't have a. Uh... Okay, I see here. Yeah, they, they don't have a specific product for that, but what they do have is you can kind of make your own. Like you can get a, 
uh, you know, whatever protein source that you like and then make your own meal replacement by getting a, a carbohydrate product in addition. That's actually, it's probably going to be a little bit more expensive that way, but you're going to get a much higher quality product that way because you can get a nice, you know, hydrolyzed or partially hydrolyzed whey protein. And then you can say, okay, now I want to throw some uh, HBCD or some waxy maize into that or some sweet potato powder, which is what they have. They have one pound of sweet potato powder is going to run what 12 bucks a pound which you know it's not not nothing um but again this is it is derived from actual food so uh, you know ingredients sweet potatoes that's all it is it's just dehydrated powdered sweet potatoes so um so you can get that unflavored mix that in with you know a shake of your own uh choice as far as flavor is concerned and kind of build your own meal replacement that way and then you can throw in like a tablespoon of mct oil or if you want some fats uh, or mix in some peanut butter with it throw it in the blender and suddenly boom you've got a 1,000, 1,200 calorie shake, something like that, which is higher quality than the, uh, the, the products that you could buy off the shelf. Like that serious mass thing. It's like, yeah, okay. It's all right. But the quality is kind of sucky. You get something like that and put it together, albeit a little bit more expensive, but with higher quality ingredients, suddenly I'm like, yeah, I mean, that's basically a meal that you can have, you know, long-term. I don't have any issues about the, any concerns about the quality in that because we know what's in it because we're making it ourselves basically. So building your own meal replacement is probably a more effective way to go. Um, but either way, conceptually, yeah, I, I don't have an issue with going that route at all if it seems appropriate. If it's more like, oh, I keep forgetting meals or uh, oh, I just don't like this, I don't like that. Well, you know what? Suck it up. Just do it. Come on. Um, <laughs> if you don't need to take in like 100 grams of carbs in a meal, but if you could just remember to eat all the regular stuff, um, the, all, your, all of your normal meals, we'll do that because that's a skill set that needs to be developed anyway. So I wouldn't necessarily use this as a crutch for just not having your routine down or anything like that. But if it's more like I'm up against a wall, I don't know how I can eat anymore. I'm legitimately stuffed. I'm already eating 3,500 calories a day, 4,000 calories a day, and my weight is stagnant. It's not going anywhere, uh, and I'm not overly fat. Well, yeah, okay, meal replacement for you. They probably get overused, I think, by a lot of people who just don't know any better, which is why, Mike, I think you're doing a good job of asking. Um, so that those are the circumstances in which I would use it. And what I would do, I'd, I'd probably go, now that I'm thinking about it, for a custom mix from True Nutrition, get a couple of different products. Um, I don't, like I said, they don't have one that's just all together, like, here's a meal replacement. But the cool thing about this is you're in, con- you're in total control of the ratios here versus that uh, optimum product that I was talking about. It's like 25 to 125 protein to carb ratio. You're fixed with that. You can't alter that. Um, here, if you're like, I need fewer carbs today. Okay, well, add fewer. I need more carbs today. Add more. So you've got a little bit more control over it that way. Great, great question, though. What else do we have? Hi, Darren. This is Emily again from Eugene, Oregon. I'm just trying to win something in the next raffle. I don't even have a question. No, that's not true. Uh, actually, I wanted to talk to you and your listeners about a amazing sci-fi show that is out right now. They're just filming season four, and it's called The Expanse. Oh, uh, yeah. I think you would like it. Anybody who likes really good sci-fi yes. would enjoy it. Yes. It's got a lot of political intrigue, yes. a lot of twists and turns, um, really good acting, really good writing, uh-huh. kind of like Battlestar Galactica. Uh-huh. Mixed with some Dune, yes. I would say. Yes. So I highly, highly recommend it. I've uh-huh. been enjoying it thoroughly. Um, and then I did have a 
workout fitness related question, oh, which was um, surprisingly now that I'm in prep and my progress is showing a lot more, I've gotten a lot more unsolicited advice from folks about fitness than I've ever kind of encountered before. Um, so at the gym, I'll just be doing my thing, uh, trying not to make too much eye contact and start up too many conversations. But I have been having and noticing more people coming up to me and um, giving me fitness tips, which I think is kind of interesting. Isn't you know, they'll ask me uh, about what I'm doing, and I'll tell them a little bit. And um, yeah, it's uh, it's weird. I would think it would be kind of the opposite. Folks asking me what I'm doing differently yeah, now that think. they see the results that I'm having. But it's been a lot more um, of oh, hey, you know, you should try this or you should try that. Um, mm. So I was not expecting that. And uh, any tips that you have for your uh, clients out there, men or women who are having folks come up to them and, um, you know, just uh, <laughs> giving them unsolicited advice, that would be great. Thanks. Bye. So I assume you mean advice other than uh, a throat punch because, I mean, that, that's a little harsh just for some unsolicited advice. But, you know, I, I've heard stories from clients like this where, you know, and when, when people are tell, talking to me, you know, you, you have an encounter in the gym and it goes a certain way. And maybe it's it's meant fairly innocently, but you know there's some subtext to it, and you kind of know what somebody's saying, um, and, and so you respond in a very you know uh, uh, reserved and respectful way, and like oh okay, all right, very kind, very polite. But then I hear about that in the check-in um, later in the week, or or you know a couple days later, and I get the full story, and it's like this made me so mad. And, you know, basically like, you know, this really made me, you know, just their comments made me feel like I'm, you know, doing everything wrong. And clearly I'm because, you know, somebody will be like, oh, how are you doing? Oh, you're in prep for a show. How far out are you? Oh, I'm six weeks out. Oh, really? Six weeks? Mm, you don't look six weeks out to me. I mean, good Lord, what kind of a jackass does it take to, to say something like that? That's a dick move. Um, because basically you are interjecting your opinion into somebody else's prep. And the only thing that you could possibly be doing is fucking with somebody. Um, cause you're not going to be like, Oh, Oh really? Okay. Well, well tell me more because I'd like to hear more about your opinion of my body. That's great. Yes. Please tell me more. I mean, no, I, I have talked with a lot of people in the gym, uh, you know, not as many as a lot of people because I don't like to talk to people generally. But, you know, I've been going enough times. I've had enough conversations with people that I didn't necessarily want to have conversation with, but I did anyway. Uh, and a lot of those conversations have been like, oh, you're doing a show. Oh, you're two weeks out. And inside I'm like, uh-uh, no way, no way. You know what I say? That is awesome. Good luck. You're going to kill it. Because who am I to, to shit on somebody's parade? Um, no, no, I, I'm not their coach. I mean, unless I am, but you know, in all these cases, I'm not. Uh, it, it's not my job to be like, oh, psh, two weeks out. I don't think so. <laughs> two weeks out, what from starting your prep? Uh, no, I mean, who cares? You know, what? you don't know this person's story, this person's journey. Maybe they've lost a hundred pounds in the last ten months, and they're going to get up on stage. And yeah, they're not going to make first call out. Who fucking cares? Maybe that's not their goal, and maybe you just need to shut the hell up and keep your opinion to yourself. Um, okay, so. Uh, it doesn't necessarily help a whole lot. But as far as the unsolicited advice is concerned, um, 
what I find, and that this is the hard approach, but it is also the pro the approach that is most likely to make sure that you don't continue to get unsolicited advice because more often than not, it's the same person coming back to that well over and over again. They're like, oh, okay, this person liked my advice last time, so I'm going to try it again. Shoot that shit down. And I know that this goes against a lot of our instincts to like be nice and polite. You just shoot it down, and you shut that shit up right at the source when it starts. Um, and, and the easiest way to do that is, da, 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 da. I have a coach. I'm good. Thank you. And, and nothing else is necessary. No further response, no further explanation or anything like that. If, if you, and, and I've been dealing with this a lot, like in my personal life, you don't owe anybody any explanation for something. You know, I mean, I'll, I'll get a Facebook message from a friend. It's like, Hey, what you doing this weekend? I don't answer those questions. I'm sorry. You need to tell me why you're asking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you want me to help you move? Sorry, I can't. No explanation needed. Because the explanation may just be, I'm really tired and I don't want to. And that's valid. And you, you don't owe people an explanation. And when we try to over-explain things, what we're trying to do is de-guilt ourselves or eliminate that responsibility of guilt that we might feel. But I'm here to tell you, you don't need to carry that around with you anyway. That is an automatic response that a lot of us feel, not all of us, but a lot of us feel because we, we tend to want to be pleasers and make other people happy, which means that, you know, oftentimes you will avoid a confrontation like that and you'll just sit there and happily accept this advice that you don't want and don't need and is slowing you down and killing your vibe. So there's a lot of negative things that this could bring to the table and nothing really positive. Um, and if you don't shut it down, it's going to keep happening and you're just going to keep getting pissed. And then eventually you're going to have to go find a new gym. This person will hunt you down, find you and follow you there as well and continue to give you this advice and follow you around like a little doppelganger. It's going to be horrible. Nobody needs that. So shoot it down. You can totally be polite about it, but you don't have to explain things. But if you tell somebody like, I'm good, I have a coach that tells them like, oh, okay. All right. And, you know, they'll probably give you a look like, oh, I was just in, like, it's all good. It's all good. Put your headphones back in. Like, I'm getting back to work. Thanks. And, yeah, you will probably be known as that bitch or jackass in the gym that is antisocial. But you know what? Do you care about the opinions of these people? Now, if you're trying to make friends in there, that's another thing. But I would also say, eh, it's not where I go to make friends. <laughs> um yeah, no, I mean, that, that's, that's a workplace as far as I'm concerned. And, and you can approach it differently, and that's fine. Um, but when it comes to unsolicited advice, shoot that shit down. And don't be vague about it. Don't leave a door open or anything like that, but just stop it. And I think once you do that, you're going to be like, oh, my God, that was empowering. That was fun. Who else wants to throw some advice my way that I can shoot down? You're going to be looking for other people. Like, I want to I want to burn some more feathers. What else can I do here? This is great. Um, but yeah, and don't feel like you have to over-explain it. Um, and just generally in life, the power of saying no is an awesome thing. And it is one of the things that you know, my wife helped me realize this. And she she's gotten really good at it. Just, you know, you don't want to do something, say no. You don't owe people an explanation. You can just say no. No, thanks. If you want nothing, I'm busy. That's it. You'll be like, oh, no, you know what? I have this going on. I have that going on. I'm like, no, it's just not necessary. It, it really isn't. So 
the power of saying no. So I, I am going to put that in my show notes as uh, dealing with unsolicited advice, but really it's uh, it's about the power of saying no and, and how cool and awesome that is. So um, yeah, I, I think that's a, a really, really good question though. And I, I, it's, it's one of those things that will probably continue to come up on a pretty regular basis just because it's it's one of those things where it will come up and there's always a new spin on it. There's always going to be a new spin. Um, you know, some, some new person has found a, a new way to be a jackass and ruin people's lives. So, uh, yeah, I <laughs> think it's always an appropriate thing. And I, I kind of like hearing the stories as well, because every time I hear something like that, it just kind of helps me formulate a more comprehensive response. So those, those stories are good. So, and the other thing that Emily mentioned uh, that we'll go ahead and, and just jump into our, our TV update here for the week. So you're, you're probably thinking like, man, Darren, you watch a lot of TV because there's something new to talk about every episode. Yeah, that, that might be true. That might be true. It's my way of unwinding. What can I say? Um, but she mentioned The Expanse, and I cannot possibly recommend it highly enough. Um, it's probably one of my top five shows. We're only three seasons in at this point. They're, they are, as Emily mentioned, doing season four right now. Um, it is just so phenomenal. Um, the cast is a whole bunch of people you've never seen or heard of before. Uh, there's a few people that uh, um, that I've seen from other shows. I mean, uh, in season three, I think it was, David Strathairn makes an appearance. Um, Chad Coleman, who is from The Wire and The Walking Dead, he's in it. Um He's fantastic. Um, but uh, other than that, uh, uh, and oh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Thomas Jane um, is is in it. He, he's kind of like the big name. Uh, and his character is very, very interesting. So it's part, and it, it, it's all, it all takes place in space, in our solar system. Fast forward a couple hundred years, we've colonized Mars and the asteroid belt beyond Mars. And there's all these factions that have developed. And so there's a lot of political drama about, you know, Earth versus Mars. And they're just political opponents, basically. And then you've got the Belters as well. They're different societies, different classes. They go in and, and they get into the details of, you know, what, what are the people who live in the belt, what are they like? by virtue of being born in an asteroid belt. There's there's physical differences for these belters just because they were born in space, uh, just like there are for the Martians as well. So uh, it, it's absolutely fascinating, the political intrigue in here. There's uh, the, the story opens up with like this missing person, and so uh, Thomas Jane's character is this detective. Um, and so there's this film noir kind of um, element to, to his side of the story, which is really well done. A lot of political stuff, some cool sci-fi stuff. And then, and then, and then, I won't spoil anything, but boy, does shit get weird. And oh my God, it is awesome. It is so good. It is so cool. Even my wife, who really could give two shits about sci-fi, she's into this show. Not as much as I am, but still, she will watch it and look forward to it. For me, it's like, oh my God, it's only three more days until Expanse is back on. Uh, I don't know how long it is. I don't know when it's coming back, but when it's in production, it's like, oh my God, is it time yet for the next episode? Come on. I mean, I'm, I'm like a junkie needing a fix. It is so, so good. So I said at the outset that I owe somebody a big apology. And that person is no one other than Tasha Carnahan. Tasha, sorry. You recommended The Boys on Amazon Prime, and I dismissed it, and I was like, eh, not so much. Okay, mea culpa. Uh, you were right. 
I was wrong. That show is excellent. I think we're only about four episodes in right now, but man, I am hooked. It is really good. It is really well done. It is fascinating. It's a little cheesy at times, but it really um, circumvents a lot of what I would consider to be like superhero cliches. I mean, the, the, the main premise, which I don't, I don't remember how much of this really came across in the preview that I watched. Uh, but the main premise is, you know, we live in a world, and this is set in the present day, um, where you know, superheroes are everywhere. And they have become commercial enterprises. Um, and it's just, and everything kind of takes off from there, basically. That's, that's the premise and the, the world building that's been done. That's the, 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 the hook, if you will. It's very cool hook, and it's really explored really well. Even just the first four episodes, um, about how you know there's this this group of superheroes that are kind of like you know the Avengers, but they call them the Seven, which are like you know the cream of the crop, top tier, A list superheroes. And you know they'll retire or whatever. You know one of them is like, oh, they've lost a step, mm, they're out. So it's kind of like the Premier League in uh, in uh, football over in Europe, where. You know, you've got to be in this top tier, but if you don't, if you don't perform, then you get relegated, and then another team can ascend to the Premier League. So, you know, somebody gets relegated, oh, there's a spot open on the seven. Who's going to fill it? And it's a big deal. So, um, it's just really, really well done, though. Um, and I got to say, uh, Carl Urban, um, who you would know from Lord of the Rings and also from uh, the Star Trek reboot movies, he plays Bones in those. It, absolutely hilarious and awesome in this so good so good um i love it so just four episodes in right now but i'm totally digging that so and and tasha i i talked my wife into giving it a shot based on your recommendation because we both watched the the preview and like no i said like that just looks dumb um which i think is a sign of a poorly made trailer when you've got a great series like this and the trailer kind of like makes it look stupid um now there are a few moments, I'm warning you. So this is not a show that you watch with your parents. Not even close. There is some full frontal male nudity. <laughs> There's plenty of sex. Uh, a whole bunch of language. Ooh, man. Um, like Ga- Game of Thrones level language here. And uh, there's some incredibly disgusting bits as well. Um, which none of that is anything I have a problem with, but just fair warning. Um, like the little warning comes up at the front of the episode that says like that the categories of, you know, what you can expect in this, like, you know, violence, sexual situations, nudity, blah, it's like everything. Uh, so <laughs> there's some seriously disgusting stuff that happens there, but, uh, you know, it's, it's worth it in my opinion. Even if you're a little squeamish on that stuff, it's worth it. So, um, yeah. And what else did we, uh, Oh, we watched also, um, the great hack which is a Netflix movie um, that digs into uh, that whole scandal regarding Cambridge Analytica um, and the Russian interference in the American election of 2016, So, uh, which was a, a fascinating look really in-depth about some of the investigative reporting that went on to uncover that. Um, and it's one of those movies, it's like, it's going to piss you off a little bit. But uh, at the same time, more than that, it should scare you because as much as it's about Cambridge Analytica and, you know, it goes into that election interference, it's a lot more about um, our rights to privacy as people in a society that is built around social media and how much of your privacy you are giving up by using 
Facebook, for example, um, which I think is something that so many people dismiss flippantly. Like, I don't care what people know about me. Well, watch this and you might start to care, which I think is good because we should care. Um, and one of the points that was made is that data has overcome oil as far as its value as a commodity. So data about you, the stuff that you don't care about or you might not care about, somebody finds value in that. And it, it's not for nothing. So I, I think it would be, it'd be worthwhile to watch that and maybe not get too freaked out, but maybe just kind of take pause a little bit and like, hmm, maybe I need to do a little less sharing here and there. You know, maybe I need to tighten up my phone security a little bit, that kind of stuff. So um, it, it opens up with a, a scene where this a professor who becomes this recurring character, well, I mean, he's, he's an actual guy, but um, he, he comes back frequently throughout the movie and he asks his class, show of hands, how many of you have had a, an experience where, you know, some kind of advertisement or something popped up that made you think like, wow, there is a microphone on my, uh, on my phone or in my computer or in my home speaker that is listening to me and serving me up ads based on something that I'm saying when it's not supposed to be listening to me. Everybody's hand went up. And his point was like, no, that does not happen. That is how precise data targeting can be just by how you use your computer. It's not listening to what you say, but it's watching what you do and where you go, and it's predicting trends in your behavior and what you're going to be looking for. So, yeah, nothing's listening to you, but the data is able to be manipulated in such a precise way that they can follow you based on your likes, on your clicks, on the products that you view on Amazon, and they can predict what's coming next. So uh, that's some powerful and scary stuff. So, um, whew, okay, what else? Um, we've been doing a music update. Do I have a music update for today? Hmm, I don't think so. Oh, well, it's a brief one. Tool came out with a new single, I think it was two days ago on Wednesday. Maybe I don't know. Fear Inoculum, holy crap, amazing! So that is a uh, there. There are now there's going to be eight tracks on this upcoming Tool album. Two of them have been out for a while. Um, we we assume that they are called Descending and Invincible, but they've only been played live in concert and haven't been introduced by title. But those are the titles that people have inferred. So who knows? Um, and then we have Fear Inoculum now. So there's going to be five additional tracks. So there's only eight tracks on this album. It's going to run 80 minutes. We know three of them. Um, and boy, I can't tell you how excited I am for that. End of the month, and it's out. And then we, we will, uh, our long, long 13-year wait for a new Tool album will be over. So um, will I be buying that album? Yes, I will. I will be buying a physical copy of it. Will I ever listen to it? Probably not, because I'm happy streaming it. But um you know what, that, that is a band, if, if ever there was a band that deserves financial support, that is it. Um, do they need it for me? Probably not. But you know what, I want to make sure that they know how much I dig their stuff. Uh, similar to that, um, there's another artist out there, I haven't, I haven't talked about him before, but he is phenomenal, Devin Townsend, who's a Canadian... I hesitate to call him a progressive metal guy. Um, he's really more like a symphonic metal guy, r really. Um, but he's a guitarist and a singer, and holy hell is he a singer. So um, he's fantastic. But he has an album that came out earlier this year called Empath, 
which uh, features some fantastic songs on it. Just huge, huge productions. A little weird, a little quirky in spots, but just really, really powerful emotional stuff, which is fantastic. Um, and he took a big financial risk, like paying, financing that album and putting it out himself. Um, and so that's another guy where I'm like, yeah, I'm buying that album because yeah, I can stream it, but you know, I'm, I'm, I'm voting with my dollars as well. And I, I vote for more guys like Devin Townsend and I vote for more tool. I have a feeling this will probably be the last tool album we ever get just because another 13 years are going to be in their sixties. So <laughs> we, we shall see, we shall see. Um, one other thing that kind of hit me as a musician was I saw there's this very famous um, video float that floats around on YouTube and there's clips of it as well. And it's a tool performance from, I think, 1992, um, some club in Pennsylvania somewhere. There's just a show that they were playing, but someone managed to record the most amazing video footage of this show. It's just the four guys on stage, the original lineup, um, with uh, Paul Demore on bass instead of Justin Chancellor, but the other three guys are there, and just the the audio quality is great. The video quality is great for just being in a dark club. The camera work is stable. There's like close-ups on all the guys at some point. I mean, the, just for something in '92, that this person, whoever it was, had the foresight to go to this show when Tool was nothing, nothing. Uh, and take like this fully charged camcorder that he probably had to stick on his shoulder and put it there for the entire show, which is, you know, I think it's about 50 minutes or something like that. So I think it's just a little bit short of an hour. Um, as they go through every song off Opiate plus a couple off Undertow, they do Swamp Song, Sober, Crawl Away. I think that might be it. Um, so they do about nine songs, I think. Um, eight or nine songs. But the, the quality for 92, it's like, oh, my God. And just capturing this moment in time is so fantastic. And the thing that I cannot get over about that video is you listen to it between songs. You never see the crowd, but there's like 10 fucking people in that crowd. That's it. There's like nobody there. And you look at the guys on stage, and you can never tell. I mean, they are so into it. And just the power behind that performance it had to be just scary as hell to be in that crowd. I mean, especially watching the way that, you know, Maynard's got some point in the distance picked out. And if you're standing at that point, you're going to move and hope he doesn't follow you with his eyes. Cause it's, it's scary looking. Um, it is such an amazing performance though. And to be in front of like, I swear it's 10 or 15 people in that crowd. Just, you know, you hear a little bit of intermittent clapping between songs and like one dude off in the background screaming, who's having a great time. And it just goes to show you, it's very inspiring because even Tool has played in front of crowds of 10 people, um, which as a musician, for me, I don't have aspirations to be in any big arena rock band or anything like that. But it just goes to show you can have a, a shitty gig and it's okay. <laughs> you know, And you still got to bring it. And so it's just so awesome to watch that. So there's your parting shot for the day. That's all I got. I'm going to take the weekend off. I'll be back on Monday. I'm about to go out and hit a back workout right now. Hopefully make it count. And uh, we'll see what we can do. So once again, that call in number uh, 865-518-2974. Tell your friends. Leave a review. Uh, shoot me an email. Leave me a comment. Whatever. I'd love to hear from you. Whatever you have to say. Positive, negative, complaints, comments, questions, suggestions. 
all that good stuff. Hit me up, the website, fivestarphysique.com or thedropset.com. Hit me on social media, Instagram at Darren underscore star, facebook.com slash fivestarphysique. You can also check me out on YouTube. Just search for Five Star Physique. Same with Pinterest. And, uh, yeah, that Pinterest thing isn't really getting a whole lot of use. It's probably going to go away before too long. So <laughs> too, too many platforms for me to try and manage on my own. It's just too much. So uh, that's all I got. So I hope everyone has a fantastic weekend. I'll check back in with you on Monday.